Thank you for joining the Leader Generation Podcast, where B2B and B2B2C marketers can explore new technology and strategies to effectively fill their sales pipeline and contribute to company growth. Our host today is Tessa Bird, the Chief Technology Officer at Tenlo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Leader Generation brought to you by Tenlo Radio. I'm your host, Tessa Berg. And today we're joined by the CEO of Green Leads, Mike Farrell. Hello, Mike. Thanks for joining the show. All right, Tessa. Thank you. Glad to be here. So today's topic is about lead generation, which is appropriate since the title of our podcast is Leader Generation. And we wanted to explore uh, how to generate more high quality leads. Can you tell us a little bit about Green Leads and what you do? So Green Leads has been around since 2007 in the lead generation business. We also do appointment generation. So lead generation we do is uh, centered around content syndication, promoting that content uh, out to generate those opt-in leads to put into the marketing funnel. And we have the outbound calling folks to do appointment generation. In both of those instances, we try to encourage our clients to use our, the intent data that we can get through our intent platform to get better outcomes. So you said a couple of things in there that are really interesting. I'm familiar with using you know, content marketing and content in general to engage prospects. Can you tell me a little bit about what does content syndication include? Sure. Everybody, uh, all, all the marketers out there, you're generating great content and you're promoting it to your current list. You're getting people to come to your website uh, through Google searches and so forth, using that content. But content syndication is just another way to get that content out to your target audience. So we have an opt-in audience of about 70 million prospects globally. We, we do this on a global scale. So we can take any client's content based on their target audience, their ICP, whatever those accounts are, what those personas are, and we'll build that outbound list and promote that content to them to get them to a landing page to download that content and um, obviously fill out the lead form and, and opt in. So now you have an opt-in lead that marketer can put into their marketing automation system. So for content syndication, it's all about matching the right person against who the customer is trying to reach and then exposing the client's content to them via email, via social. Do you use any other channels or? No, that's it. It's very effective. It's uh, many marketers will use it to augment what they're doing to generate that top of the funnel, top of the funnel, mid funnel leads. Because we can do that on a simple contact form, but we also can do what we call highly qualified leads, which is add three questions into that lead form so you can gather some more information from that prospect. Obviously, the content has to be interesting enough for someone to want to download that. That's the whole purpose is to get your awareness out there, reach a bigger audience than you're reaching on your own and get those opt-in leads. You mentioned earlier this concept of intent. How mm-hmm. do you know? So I, for us, the ideal customer profile persona data is typically static, like either market research has been conducted or we got feedback from the sales team and we construct those tools. 
but intent can change at any time. Mm-hmm. How do you identify a specific prospect's intent or readiness to buy? Good question. So our lead generation, our content syndication, that's a, an, an intent signal, right? These are all, intent is our signals. What we do is we have a platform. We can put your ICP, put your personas into this platform with all your keywords, and we can basically put a digital net around your audience and look and monitor all their public, uh, what's going on in the public web. Could be consuming some articles, could be on a Reddit board or some kind of message board on a particular, all these different keywords that might be a trigger. Uh, Could be attending an event. We would put all those kind of events in there so we can track who's attending event, who's commenting on Twitter, uh, all the different hashtags. Uh, And then we're going to harvest that information so we know not just the company that is uh, showing that signal, but who are the potential people based on your persona that could be sending those signals. And and the key is the way to use that and to try to activate those intent signals and those leads is to then go outbound to them with a more personalized message whether it's an email uh, subject line or an outbound phone call, we now know what the trigger was. What was it that they were engaging online? So it allows for a, a better interaction and a better engagement of a conversation, whether that be over the phone or via email. That's the kind of the best way to use that intent. We don't know where they are in the buyer's journey, right? Until we have that engagement with them and, and find out where they are. I love your description of all of these different types of data points that translate into signals, because if somebody were to do that manually, that could take hours just to one, identify all the signals, then to see who's going there. And then you probably still need some sort of tool to scrape attendees or even access to it. With the platform you're using, how long does it take to sort of source all that data together to initiate um, an intent campaign? Uh, the setup, we can. I could get anybody on the call and do the setup in a few hours. And then once we turn it on, it's going to start monitoring. So within a week, we're going to have some data. We're going to have some intent leads. We, we typically let it run for about three to four weeks before we take all that data and then synthesize it. There's some false positives you got to get out of there. So you're really dealing with a, a good lead list. And then we can really massage it, you know, really find out what the key triggers are and then strategize on how to activate based on that, what, what the m- most likely valuable triggers are that we're harvesting. So this really looks at a clear formula to improve lead quality being instead of just finding a list of people whose names and titles match who you want your prospects to be, Take those names and titles and find signals and behaviors that say they actually are ready or somewhere in the process of about to buy. So you can sort of blast it all out or, you know, find actual behaviors and triggers. Right, exactly. The way I, I, the analogy I like to use is uh, for anybody that's a, uh, likes to go fishing out there, and I know Tessa, you like to go, you do that. It's, it's yes. a fish find, it's a sonar detector. <laughs> it's a fish finder. If you go out in the ocean, it's a big ocean. 
and you're going to have a, a day, a nice day in the sun, but you may not catch any fish unless you have a sonar detector to find out where the fish are. This is going to say, hey, you want a cold call list? I'll, here's a list of a, you know, a thousand companies. Well, how about if you knew which 150 were showing in 10 signals, right? Where are you going to spend your time? So it's a way to prioritize your time, but it's also is you're going to have better conversations. And what we find is from a lead standpoint, whether it's a, you know, a lead into a marketing funnel or uh, an appointment, the outcome of those is substantially better, up to 67% improvement in the scoring of those outcomes. Up to 67% improvement in the scoring? Yes. So we have quite a few colleagues, professionals in the B2B marketing community that are still measuring performance based on quantity. You know, asking that question, how many leads, how many leads? When you get asked that question, because you can generate a pretty large list and you can run a campaign on LinkedIn and and title by target by title and target by company and get large numbers. How do you have that conversation with clients looking for quantity that quality will lead to higher performing outcomes or even higher value, higher retained customers? I think you want to do both, right? You know, in most cases, you know, the people that are looking for quantity is playing the numbers game, right? Marketing and sales is a numbers game to some degree. So you do have to play the numbers game. And ultimately as a marketer, if you're being recognized on your contribution to a sales pipeline or your contribution to the SDR, BDR function, then a quantity and quality will help you hit those metrics, those goals. It could just be simply that that HQL, which is the some custom questions in there that's going to make that, you have more intelligence about that business, about that person's uh, desire. And then we take it even a step further in it in content syndication. This is done digitally, is... We can even ask in there a permission to call from that prospect. So that that really shows intent, right? If you're if that person is consuming, you know, downloading your content, consuming your content, and they would be welcome to a phone call, that's a great indication of. Um, so you could do all of it because you know, in all cases, there's going to be conversion rates, right? If we do all these different lead types out simultaneously, MQ, you know, just a straight on MQL is going to give us a higher conversion rate than an HQL than a permission of call, right? But it's, if you do all of them, um, you still get the chance to fill every stage of your funnel. So even though targeting by intent produces higher quality leads, it's not a silver bullet. You know, just as gathering data around that intent, there's not one source, just doing this doesn't solve all of your lead activities you think it should be, as you said earlier, complementary and as part of a, a full sort of approach to lead generation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like you, you're not going to rely just on inbound leads, right? You have to go outbound. You have to do many different things. You're not going to just say, I'm going to just do this top flavor of lead. You're going to do events, right? You're going to do, you know, you're going to do, have a mix, a marketing mix of lead generation activity. And then you can measure which ones are going to be performing the best and through the pipeline. Yes. In your answer, you've hit on some really nice 
setup steps too for people who might be looking to revamp their lead generation program. Uh, so first, it's really important that B2B marketers understand scoring. What are they going to score? Why are they going to score it? And then get that baseline now so that they can see the type of lift and contribution they get from layering on an intent approach. The other piece that you hit on that I think is really important is content. And that you know the content has to be compelling for people to even want to engage. Have you seen any patterns of the type of content that gets the most interest from people who are in that intent phase to buy? Whoa, that's a good question. It depends on the audience. There's certainly anything to deal with future trends is, is always something that people will be curious about. If there's certain, you know, specific pain out in the marketplace, I mean, there's, you know, if I'm targeting a, a security, maybe it's about ransomware because, you know, there's a lot of fear about that. If I'm targeting for an HR solution, maybe it's about the turnover issue and uh, acquisition issues that are out there. So don't make it about your product. Make it about the business problem that people have. That's what they're searching for when they go online. They're searching for solving a problem. Um, so make it about that. That's a great piece of advice. One comment I hear a lot is, I don't think our audience is online. And just to sort of package that, we work with um, a lot of B2B companies and manufacturing, construction service, a lot of people who are working with contractors and physical work, and they're not sure the owners of those companies or the buyers that work at those companies really use online. Have you found that there are certain audiences that just, however they're doing it, have avoided the internet or using Google <laughs> to help solve problems? <laughs> you know, that I think is becoming less and less of a, you know, a situation as, I mean, let's face it, baby boomers are kind of retiring out of, of the workforce. And you really have this, you know, the millennial generation is really the biggest chunk of the workforce right now and moving it to senior level positions and, and decision-maker positions. Part of it's generational shift. And I think that will, it, it definitely is going to continue to happen. And, and uh, if the owner themselves is not Googling something, which I think they, you know, I'd say most people are doing some of that, right? They will probably have some staff members do it. That senior executive is not going to do it themselves. They're probably going to give that project to someone else to go vet. Hey, this is our business problem. Go research some solutions, right? It may not even be the C-level person that's doing the researching but they're going to delegate that to some staff. Yes, I've seen that many times at businesses where, you know, the leaders might not be the people who are actually sitting down and gathering all the options, but we've seen great content also help the researchers champion that, you know, up the chain and Absolutely. to have those decision-maker <clears throat> conversations. Any executive still going to need that comfort that this is a good decision. Right. So, you know, if that content brings in some some third party research data that says, you know, Gartner says this or Forrester says that or, you know, Frost and Sullivan says this, those are the things that can help that C-level executive get comfortable with that, whatever is being recommended. I really like the word comfort. And I was just thinking, 
if we have if we're syndicating this content and we're gathering data on the triggers what mechanisms inside the platform are serving as points of validation back to the marketer or back to the client generating the leads that yes these are the behaviors or this is how we know this is a high quality lead how are you calling that out or how is it learning um, those patterns in the platform we do have a lead score and there's an algorithm there obviously you know one of the things you look for one of the analysis we do once we you know like i said use about three or four weeks worth of data is how many people at that company how many individual contacts at that company are searching mm. right that's going to make the score go up right versus if it's just one person you know showing a trigger versus five or six people showing a trigger in that let's call it 30 days in that 30 day window maybe you saw three or four or five triggers from the same person right they consumed this content they were on this reddit board they connected with somebody on linkedin that's associated with this topic they tweeted about something or was at an event about this stuff so that's going to give it a higher score right? Because now you know, it's not just a single signal, it's multiple signals over a short period of time, and or it's multiple people in one organization. So those are where you can prioritize. That is super interesting. And I think another concept that you're hitting on that's important for marketers to understand is it's really rare that decisions are made in isolation. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, there are there could be six to eight people that are part of this process. And if you're able to engage more people in the decision-making process, then the more likely it is that you're helping to solve their problem. Because again, Mm -hmm. that's what the content should be doing. How then do you take it from helping to solve a critical problem for a group of decision-makers into getting in front of them with a sales pitch or a product pitch? If it's a lead generation campaign and we're the deliverable to the client is is a is the lead, then it's up there to their SDR BD organization to to activate that. We have our outbound BDR organizations SDR organization as well that clients hire us to generate appointments for them. In that case, we're going to take that intent list, really prioritize it, you know, even further, right? And then we're going to give that to our folks to, and, and again, use that signal, whatever that signal topic is, to be, you know, their lead-in messaging on the phone and or whether it's an email outreach. Uh, and then we have literally gotten people on the phone and they have said, it's funny you're calling me about this topic. We were just discussing this. And what are you, a mind reader? You mm-hmm. do get those kind of uh, responses in our phone outreach. I love that example. As you were saying that, a light bulb went off in my head that if we are getting and contacting higher quality leads, now we're also getting better lists that can feed into our other lead tactics. So if we do have campaigns running on paid search or retargeting or social, we're taking these leads that have now been validated with intent and trying to target more people like them, you know, to supplement the overall program and maximize our visibility, which is really exciting. 
because mm -hmm. it really creates almost like a circle of value. <laughs> yeah. You know, you start at one point, which is your static data and who do we want to target and then start gathering more dynamic data that's constantly changing and you let it nurture over time. But then the result is really, you know, a circle where what you are putting in and the, the longer it sort of sits and nurtures can feed in through your whole program. Yeah, and, and these, intent, these intent campaigns should be, really should be evergreen. We can certainly tweak everything that's in the intent platform. We can change keywords and trigger hashtags and all those kind of things. But because who's in market to this month will change in, you know, a couple months, right? So you want to always know who's kind of going up that adoption curve and looking to, uh, you know, someone that's maybe in the buyer's journey. And I think obviously that's an if, awesome if, point. And if you're running it for a long period of time, right? If I just let it, if I start it now, I get a lot of data, right? I get a lot of signals because I just started running it. I don't know which of these people, how deep they are in the buyer's journey, right? Yeah. But if you're running it for 12 months and all of a sudden on month 10, I see new companies and new contacts. Well, they're new to the journey. They're, they must be early in the journey, right? Whereas if I've seen this person, you know, or this company with signals for, for three or four months, okay, they're progressing in their journey, right? That's really interesting. I feel like a lot of B2B marketers do things in sprints, you know, and, and sort of, uh, it's not even that old school, something we did before the pandemic was align things around trade shows. You know, how mm -hmm. are we getting more people to the booth? What are we doing with the people at the booth? But again, as this is layered on, uh, you can use what you're doing, either physical shows or virtual shows, just a part of that content. And that could be another signal of intent is, you know, are they showing up um, virtually? Are they engaging with the content around those special events uh, to really even maximize your sales presence? I imagine that your programs make marketers finally look like the rock stars they are to sales teams. <laughs> so maybe That's, it's- That is <laughs> absolutely what we want. Yeah. Are there things that marketers ask for from a reporting standpoint, from a data standpoint, that really helps strengthen that sales marketing alignment? What do they ask for? Um, I think, I think the, the, you know, marketers are very inquisitive, very uh, curious people um, by nature, I think. So um, there's, there are a lot of questions. I think it's, a you know, and most of marketers nowadays are very, uh, data-driven as well. So there's a lot of data questions, conversion questions, those kind of things. I think the alignment with sales, this intent really is kind of a, it can really be kind of a glue because what does sales want? They want good appointments. They want to advance somebody into this, into the sales pipeline. And if you can give them those better appointments or better conversations, those the prospects are more engaged in the topic. They're going to advance into the sales pipeline and you're really making a big impact in the sales team at that. So I do think it, it can be a, a glue and you can, if it's the SDR organization is kind of that middle point where 
you know, the lead flow goes to them before it goes to a, an account executive, you're arming them with better tools too, better leads. So I think you can really win over the sales team, you know, with some of these marketing tactics. I think that is really the goal of most B2B marketers. Cause it's like, you're always in service of the sales team, but it's such a massive challenge to generate quality leads and leads they actually want. So this has been a really valuable conversation. And I think anyone listening should really take a step back and say, where can intent play a role in my lead generation program? Knowing that it's not a silver bullet, but it certainly feeds in to all of the tactics that marketers are probably currently running and could even make them stronger. If any of the listeners wanted to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Uh, they can go to, to our website, greenleads.com. They can reach out to me directly. I'd be happy to uh, have any conversations with folks. It's um, mike.farrell at greenleads.com. So F-A-R-R-E-L-L. I always say Will Farrell spells it wrong. Yeah, I'd be happy to jump. I, I'm open most mornings from seven to nine before my meetings start. So I'm open to have any meetings with anybody to talk more about their business and how we can help. That's great. I have one last question. I almost forgotten. It's the most important question. What is something that you really wish your clients were doing right now as it relates to intent data that they're not taking advantage of? To use it multiple ways, right? We all kind of get in this linear process oriented mindset sometimes. And um, you take it, they have us activated for appointments or they take it and um, run a single play, a single campaign is number one, keep it going for a long period of time, but then find multiple touches you can make with those. Cause it's still, like you said, it's not a silver bullet. You still have to touch those prospects multiple times. So it's just not a one-time touch, but you know, there's some level of activity on their part that indicates they're in a buyer's journey. So stick with them with multiple different touches to really activate that lead. I love that because it gives strategic marketers the opportunity to make their strategy more productive. I feel like some of the best marketers know it has to be a connected journey, but they might not have the right data or enough data or these evergreen campaigns that are sort of pumping in the juice to tell them where are people, where are the fish that are going to bite? That is fantastic. All right. We already talked about where people can reach you. It's greenleads.com. And then if you want to listen to more Tenlo radio episodes from leader generation, you can visit tenlo.com, click on podcasts, and you'll see more conversations about how to generate, measure, and maximize leads. Mike, thanks so much for being our guest today. This was a fun conversation. Thanks, Tessa. And super productive. I'm excited to apply this myself. And yeah, I hope to hear from you soon that lots of people have begun to incorporate this into their campaigns. Want to dig even deeper into lead generation, content marketing, and MarTech solutions for B2B industries like manufacturing, food and beverage, building and construction, and more? Go to tenlo.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter. That's T-E-N-L-O dot com. <laughs> 
You've been listening to another episode of Leader Generation by Tenlo Radio. Be sure to subscribe on tenloradio.com.